Five. All right, hope everyone's doing well this morning. Um, I'm going to talk about a topic today. It probably isn't going to be too, uh, this video is probably going to be too long or this live, but I want to talk about, um, there's some misconceptions between what is seller financing versus subject to. And so we're going to go over, uh, we're going to go over some items today and, uh, and really, uh, get a, try and get a clear picture on what this actually means. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, before we do though, uh, check out the description below. We do, I do have a, a link to our bio page there. There's tons of free resources there. Feel free to, uh, you know, go out and download our calculator, a um, bunch of other stuff we've got out there. Check it out. The, uh, the link's going to be in the description below here. But let's go ahead and jump into this. Um, and uh, <clears throat> let's discuss seller financing versus subject to. Uh, this is actually kind of a play on words because the reality is that subject to investing, and if you don't know what that is, um, then you probably, you probably, either haven't watched any of our videos on this channel or, uh, or maybe you're, maybe you're brand new. I don't know, but subject to investing is essentially in a nutshell, it is buying a property, having a property deeded to you, um, with these, with the former owner, now the former owner who is the borrower, uh, with that loan staying in place and you're making payments on that loan in a nutshell, that's what it is. It's, uh, it's pretty basic. And if you don't know, anything about or you want to know more about it, just check out all the videos on this YouTube channel um, or some of the articles on LinkedIn and all the other, all the other spots out there. <clears throat> so, so real quick, subject to is in and of itself, it is a form of seller financing. Okay. So let's not confuse the two. Let's not, um, it's really, Honestly, it's really kind of like semantics. It's it's really not that important to understand that, but people seem to make this distinction between true seller financing and and subject to. And subject to is nothing more than a form of seller financing. So <clears throat> that begs a the question then, what other forms of seller financing are there? And so I'm going to go through a list of four or five different types of seller financing that, uh, that we have available to us. And, um, I'll tell you, seller financing has been a true blessing for, uh, for me and my business because, um, you know, I just love the, I just love the fact that I can go out and buy a property and never have to go to a bank and qualify for a loan. It's just, it's been, uh, it's just been super great for our business. So, um, if you don't know much about seller financing, or maybe you're maybe you're a wholesaler or a, uh, a cash buyer or something like that, <clears throat> and um, you want to get into this, you want to understand more about uh, the the absolute like you know the dynamite uh, dynamite reasons why why seller financing is uh, should be included in your in your toolbox. Like I said, just go down and watch some of these videos and uh, and start educating yourself on this stuff because it's it's just super important. All right. So let's dive in here. Let's talk about our first option. Um, our first option in seller financing is, uh, is free and clear properties. Free and clear properties are at, absolutely just at the tops of the list. They're my favorite. It's my favorite. It's my favorite way to buy just because there's so many different things that you can, 
that you can do with your seller on a free and clear property. So I'm talking about a property with, with no mortgage, uh, no loan on it. Nothing, nothing is due on it. There's, uh, you know, there's uh, no liens or hopefully there's no liens on it uh, otherwise. And this is really the simplest form of seller financing. You are basically going in and you're talking to a seller and you're negotiating that seller carrying a note for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. A seller is going to carry a note for you for either the full amount or, you know, a part, what we do, we can do what we call a partial seller, seller carry or seller financing where they can, you know, basic, let's say that, let's say, I don't know, let's just say that you're going to pick up a property that's free and clear and they want a, a down payment of $10,000. And then they're going to carry that other 90%, that other, and it says it's a $100,000 house. They're going to carry that other $90,000. They're going to carry 90% of that, um, of that loan. Now you can get super creative with this stuff and you can start, um, you know, mixing and matching, uh, uh different, uh, different deal structures with free and clear properties. I'm trying to keep it at the most basic level here. And that is, that is literally just negotiating with your seller on this free and clear property. Your seller is going to get a recorded mortgage, <clears throat> excuse me, a recorded mortgage. They're going to get a promissory note. Uh, you're going to have hazard insurance and you're going to have title insurance, just like any other, uh, your, your, your seller is your lender. So just like any other, uh, any other lender or bank might provide. Uh, so they're creating a note. Here are the benefits for, um, you know what, this actually, the benefits actually apply across the table. Um, when you buy on seller financing, you are, in most cases, all but really one case, you are the legal owner of the property. Your, your seller becomes your lender. <clears throat> and so in the case of subject two, your seller already has it, has it financed through their lender, but you're just taking over that loan. So that's why we say that's, that's a, a form of seller financing. Uh, so, <clears throat> so you can structure these deals in a way where, uh, you know, you, you're going to pay a monthly payment to your, to your seller. You as the legal owner, you get, uh, you get all the, all the benefits of owning a home. You get to depreciate that property. You get to take all the write-offs, um, you know, capital, capital expenditures, uh, all of the good stuff, all of the good stuff that, that uh, tax wise are going to benefit you. <clears throat> so that's option number one, free and clear. It's, um, it's my absolute favorite way. If, you know, if, if it's available and we have a free and clear property, we're always going to try and make the seller our, our financier first. Option number two, this one's maybe a little, uh, uh, maybe it's just a little bit different than, than your, your, classic seller finance deal, but a lot of people don't realize that if you have a, if you have a, a lease with an option to buy, or we call it a lease option, these, a lot of people don't do these anymore. Um, and quite frankly, we don't do them either, but if you have a lease with an option to buy, you actually can build equity into that deal. Meaning you can actually build equity in that property with your, with your option payment. It just depends on it's going to depend on how it's structured and and uh, what that option, uh, what that option contract actually looks like, how it how it's set up and what it says. Uh, but you can buy a property on a lease with an option to buy, and otherwise known as rent to own, 
Um, and that would be if you're building equity in the property, that would be considered a a kind of a quasi form of seller financing. <clears throat> so at least with option to buy. Number three, you can have a situation where um, perhaps your seller has a loan on the property, but they don't want to sell that property to you subject to the existing financing. So what you can do essentially is you can have that, that seller, you can create a note. You can give that, so, that seller a note and a second lien position uh, on that property. And essentially what that, what that lien is going to do, the, the way that that's going to be structured is <clears throat> in most cases, your, uh, your seller is going to receive from you a payment that is either equal to or greater than their, their first mortgage position or the loan that they have on the property. So your terms are either going to match the underlying, or I'm sorry, the, your, liens, your, your terms on your second are going to match what is on the first. And so that gives you a second lien position. It is, um, it does give you a, you do get a recorded mortgage with that. Um, it's just, a, it's just a, in a subordinate position. It's going to be below the first, uh, still gives you equity building capabilities, the, the power to build equity in that property. And so that would be a possible third option. <clears throat> I have to check and make sure we've got, uh, make sure we don't have any questions here. Okay. All right. No questions yet. All right. So option number four, um, this is probably going to be second in line. I'm going to go with free and clear. This is going to be third. I'm going to go free and clear. And then I'm going to go subject to subject to being, you know, my, probably the, the strategy I'm most familiar with. <clears throat> and then, um, option three is going to be a wraparound mortgage. And a wraparound mortgage is uh, exactly what it sounds like. If you have an underlying mortgage or you have a, a mortgage in first position, a wraparound mortgage is going, is going to do exactly how it sounds. It's going to wrap the current mortgage that's in place. You're going to get a recorded deed. The deed's going to be recorded. Uh, it is, you're going to get legal title to the property. And that's why a wraparound when you buy, that's why a wraparound mortgage can be so uh, so beneficial because you get legal title. A lot of these other strategies with uh, with the least least to option to buy, uh, or in the second lien, well, you do get legal title with second lien position, but uh, if you have a lease with option to buy, you don't get legal title. You're just building equity in that property, and so you get what's called equitable title. You get equitable interest in that property. Uh, with free and clear, you do get legal title. Uh, second lien position, you get legal title, but it's in a subordinate position. The wraparound mortgage is a uh, is a kind of a hybrid. It's a little bit different animal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, with the, like I said, with a wraparound mortgage, you are creating a whole new mortgage that encompasses that original underlying mortgage. And so, uh, what you ultimately end up doing is <clears throat> you can do this one of two ways. Your, your payments are either going to be made directly to the seller, which is what a lot of folks do. I don't particularly care for that, for doing that. I, it's not that I don't, um, it's not that I don't trust my sellers to make their underlying payment, but a lot of times we're dealing with, uh, distressed situations where people may be behind on, behind on a mortgage or something like that. And, um, 
you know, if that's the case, what we like to do is we like to make two payments. We make one payment to our seller based on the, based on the terms of the wraparound mortgage. And then we split off and we make a separate payment for that underlying mortgage. It's just a little bit safer for us. Depends on the situation. Uh, it's not going to be, a uh, that's not going to be ideal in every situation, but, uh, but a wraparound mortgage gives you legal title. And so for that reason, uh, it's one of, one of the top three ways to, uh, to actually buy a property. Option number five is using a land contract or uh, otherwise known as, well, it's got several names. We've got a land contract. We've got agreement for deed. We've got bond for deed. Um, we've got contract for deed. All of these, all of these uh, different titles encompass a, a, an installment sale on what's known as a land contract. Land contract covers all of those titles. And <clears throat> now on the buy side, a land contract is probably one of the riskiest ways to actually buy because you are not getting legal title to that, uh, to that property. So it is a little bit riskier. Um, but I would say that even if, if all, if all your other options, if all your other options uh, are not, um, <clears throat> they're not acceptable to your seller. Well, this might be an option to offer your seller just because they are, it's such a low risk, uh, it's a low risk way to buy a property for your seller. Your seller is not risking much because they're not giving you legal title. They're only giving you uh, equitable title. And by the way, this is actually how we, when we sell or finance our deals, this is more than likely we are going to explore a, a uh, an installment sale to our buyers. So let's say that we pick up a property subject to, we're going to pick it up. We're going to start pay, making payments on that seller's underlying mortgage, we're going to turn around then and we're going to sell that to an owner occupant buyer or maybe even a landlord. It just depends. Um, <clears throat> but we're going to sell that on a, an, a uh, land contract. And we do that because we like to retain legal title. And there are some inherent risks with this. Uh, there could be, you know, uh, you know, if somebody stops paying, let's say, for example, that if we sell a property, on an installment sale, um, and that's that buyer ends up stop. You know, they, they stop making their payments. Um, there can be some some really pretty steep legal legal uh, legal issues with that, and because you have this argument about whether or not you have to foreclose on this individual, or you know, can you can you go to go through eviction court? Um, but we're talking about a land contract. We're talking about an equity building activity, but it's based on a, on a contract. So essentially what it means is if you meet the terms of this contract, that me being the, being me being the seller, if I'm, if I have a buyer, if my buyer meets the terms of that contract, I will deed, I will give the deed to that property to the buyer. And that's all that really means. Uh, it can be risky, like I said, but, um, you know, for the most part, there's 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 some guidelines. You know, the different states have different guidelines on foreclosures when it comes to land contracts. And from what I've researched and discovered, it's there's kind of a uh, there's a there's a an understanding or a, a it's not necessarily a hard and fast rule. In fact, 
one of the states I was looking at was Illinois, and uh, they seem to have a it's it's a it's not a statute, um, but the way that the courts kind of look at look at installment sales on land contracts is that if you have to foreclose on some, are, what they're going to do is they're going to make you foreclose on the individual if they stop making payments, only if they carry twenty um, percent or more of equity in the of the value of that home. So if they have 20%, if they have equity in that property and it's 20% or more, you're going to have to go through a foreclosure. And that could be a really, really lengthy process. Now, I'm not saying that happens uh, everywhere. I, I, I don't know. I can't know that. It's, uh, there's 50 states in this country, and I, I can't really know, uh, every, you know all the rules in every state. But essentially, um, that's, that's the gist of it. I would probably just count on... I would probably just count on going through a foreclosure if you're going to get into the business of seller financing your properties. Now, if you're buying on seller financing, that's a little bit uh, different story. You know, obviously, you, you take some risk by not having legal title, but you, you're also kind of those risks are kind of mitigated a little bit because, um, number one, number one, that's not going to show up on your credit report. Okay, so you're not even if you were to stop paying on that, which I don't recommend you do, um, you're probably not going to be personally dinged for it. Um, but also, you know, let's say we do stop paying, something happens to us, and and we have you know maybe we go in the hospital or something like that, and uh, we miss a payment. Well, it's far less likely that uh, that your seller is going to go through a for, the foreclosure process with you. They're, you know, you have a, a little bit of an upper hand because now you can go back and say, uh, much like you would do with any other lender, you can say, "Hey, you know, give me a give me a shot here. Let me let me uh, let me bring this current and let's move forward with this." <clears throat> so, quickly recap: we have free and clear properties, we have leases with option to buy, we have buying properties in the in a second lien position, which is a Kind of a neat little strategy. It's not the best. It's not the best to uh, to buy on for sure, but it can work. We have wraparound mortgages or mortgage wraps, what we call them, where we uh, we create a whole new mortgage that encompasses that underlying mortgage, and then finally we have installment sales. <clears throat> now, with any of these strategies, you can get super super creative. I mean, uh, we do we do partial seller carrybacks. We do uh, just all kinds of, of um, kind of create, you know, really, really creative deal structures. And uh, you know, the key to that is finding a seller who is open to uh, those types of ideas, you know? Uh, so it's best to, you know, our motto is to, to ask your seller first, talk to your sellers first about financing. Cause I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that number one, if somebody has a free and clear property, or if they're willing to sell that to you, subject to the existing financing or any existing liens, um, those are those are going to be those 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 are almost always going to have the best terms. Free and clear, just because free and clear is so so great because you can create your own terms. So this is just an agreement between you and the seller. And then subject to, if you have you know an owner occupied home with a residential mortgage on it. The terms on that loan are going to be by far better than anything you're going to find through any other type of lender for an investment property. 
So there you go. Um, let's see if we've got anything going on here. All right. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to hide that. All right. All right. We've got no comments here. All right. Okay, doke, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, go out and check out our website, sub2empire.com. All kinds of free stuff out there. Uh, check out all the videos uh, that we've done in all these posts and on YouTube. Uh, the links, our bio link is in the uh, description here on this video. I really appreciate your time. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to, to jump in the uh, in the comments below. I've been been on a kick lately where I've actually been uh, actually been answering those. It's a lot of really good questions in those comments. So uh, by all means, jump in there and uh, ask away. We'll be happy to, uh, to take care of your needs and, and answer any questions you have. All right. Take care, folks.